0: Yes, hello, I am James Rodens. Today it's a our three four to AW Dynamite. Um, One can't make it, but he promises he will be on the next show. So we've got six episodes to look at. and Of course, a lot has happened in AE. Of course, we had Elevation debut with Paul White and Tony Schiavone on commentary. Nothing really special there. We'll start with AEW Dynamite for the 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day Slam. We've got a new supergroup in town, let's not forget. First match is Penta versus Cody. Uh, We get green around ringside. Cody Boy, both match, Penta beats Cody down, hammering his shoulder until Dustin Rhodes and the Gun Club make the save. QT Marshall comes down late and asks, what's going on? Um, The... The match was good, but made Penta look a bit stupid. Uh, commentary hyped up the rest of tonight's show. The Young Bucks were interviewed backstage to talk about being the best team in pro wrestling when Don Callis rolls up. He's worried about their dad and brought me a t-shirt to wear in a hospital that says, Don't slap leg while kicking and admits that the Bucks never actually kicked him, but he wanted to be kicked to see a sparkle, the once in the millennium tag team that the Young Bucks used to be. Callis admits that he changed Kenny Omega but for the better, saying that he's a god of pro wrestling and the Young Bucks aren't elite anymore, just a tag team with fancy tights living off their name. He asks if they still see the same Nick and Matt that used to be in New Japan and leaves them fuming. Then we get Danny Jordan versus Jade Cargill. We get a feeling it gives way to a huge knee from Cargill. German suplex into a kick-up. Short arm into the Grand Slam. And then she calls jaded and wins by pinfall. She then gets into red velvet at ringside. But referee Bryce Rimsberg and of wrestlers in the crowd keep them separated. Uh, Cargill looks great. We then get a recap of last week's Inner Circle War Council and the violence that ensued. Uh, MJF and his pals make their entrance. Tony Blanchard gets on the mic and says it's great being in the ring with these guys. A week ago they were in the ring with the greatest group AEW had in the Inner circle and you saw on Tees and Santana handcuffed. Jack Ager in two champagne bottles. Sammy Guevara were in a chair and their leader, the great group popped by MJF with a baseball bat. So now they're the baddest group in AEW. When you climb the mountain there's no place. You're the pinnacle of this sport. They'll take every Premier Championship. This great sport has to offer and that's the pinnacle they'll take what they want and right now they want Chris Jericho's locker room but before they take that and everything else Jericho holds dear he's got a little heartwarming message for him he's better than him and he knows it well the pinnacle is here and I've got a feeling war games is to come this is a good promo look forward to the inner circles revenge though and back from commercial Matt Hardy gets an inset promo where he talks about how money holds his stable together the more money they make the more money he makes then Bear Country, Bear Boulder, and Bear Bronson, and Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt versus Butcher the Blade, uh, and Matt Hardy in Private Party. Stunt tags in on Bear and beats on Isaiah Hardy, cuts him off in the corner, and Private Party hit, Gin and Juice. Matt tags in, corner for it, drawing Marco up, Tuster Fate, and it's over, the Hills whim. Uh, Matt was picking up the pieces here, but he's finding his, and it looks like Bears and Dinosaurs just. Don't get on. Uh, we see Eddie Kingston, John Moxley cut a promo backstage somewhere. Mox said he's not in a good mood. And just because he got burned, lacerated, handcuffed and beaten to a bloody pulp, he's going to war again to take care of his real problem, the good brothers. Everybody loves them, hey, but he doesn't like them at all. These guys are champion all around the world. But this ain't Tokyo. It's not the impact zone. This is their place. And it's real simple. They're cowards. And a coward dies a thousand deaths. But soldiers like him, Mox, only die once. And that's CM Punk's promo at this moment in time. We see Christian Cajun. If you're backstage, he offers a little bit of a rant. There's a term in the wrestling business for a guy who busts his ass more than... They're called a workhorse. And if you've ever been in a locker room, you know his reputation for making wrestlers level up. But he's not a workhorse. He's the workhorse. And the second he wrestles for AEW, you're going to remember that real quick. He's with some feathers coming in. Folks worried about him taking spots. The only spot he's concerned about is Kenny Omega's spot. Kenny scooped his time last week, but he's not mad about that. He scouted Omega out. He knows he has to get some wins first, but he's coming ...for the title... ...and as for why Wise in the AEW... ...he said to spend his legacy... ...and outwork everyone... ...he should have said that... ...in the pay-per-view... Uh, ...let's see him in ring soon... ...and then Eddie Kingston... ...John Moxley versus the Good Brothers... ...this is an all-out brawl... ...we get a magic killer on the outside to John... ...Eddie worked on hot tag... And ...then towards the end... ...lifting John up... ...Eddie runs back into block the magic killer... ...allow it sends Luke to the floor... ...he pulls Kingston out... ...puts him into the barricade... ...Mox thinks... far package on Carl Anderson... ...for the win... This was a great match, and uh, post-match, Good Brothers beat John Down and choke him on the mat. Enter Kenny Omega, strutting and carrying a chair, accompanied Don Callis as usual. He sets the chair up in the ring, Don takes his blazer off, takes his seat, Eddie returns and shoves Omega over. The Good Brothers and Kenny put the boots to Kingston, magic killer, they wrap the chair around Eddie's legs. Mox tries to save him, but Kenny puts the boots to Miz, and they pillamise the leg. The horse collar Mox with the chair and hold him down, but the young bucks make the save. Kenny himself gets on the second rope, but the Bucks get this way and beg him to leave the ring. Moxley rolls out while they're bickering, and finally the Bucks are sick of talking sense into the friends and go to leave. Kenny shoves Matt Jackson and tries to get two three out of them, but the Bucks aren't having it, and Moxley returns swinging the chair like a mab, and the hills run off and he collapses from exhaustion of it, while ringside doctors need to hold any Kingston back to keep him from trying to hobble his way to help his pal. I'm kind of waiting for them just to take Moxley out at this point because I know of course Renee is uh, pregnant and uh, I'm off, uh, but it'd be interesting to see with the Eddie Kingston storyline now and where they're going with the Bucks as well. But back for commercial, Tony funny interviews Sting and Darby Allen. Allen said he won the TNT Championship in November of last year and he only defended it three times. It's a joke. Now that everything's done with Team Taz, he wants to be a defending champ week in and week out. He wants to start by paying tribute to the greatest TNT champion of all time. That gets a Brody chant going in. And he calls the Dark Order down for an open challenge. Enter Lance, slow. They moan about Tony. Interviews Sting every week and said he should be his time all the time. The internet might think Alan is terrific, but as far as Archer is concerned, he's the biggest joke he's ever seen. He says Sting knows him and winds of change are coming. And Tony can't bet, realise you don't play with fire. Lance is the biggest baddest son of a bitch around. And he'll twist it up and shove up the rear end. So leave and Tony tries to restore order. But enter Team Taz. Taz tells everybody to slow down, but Brian Cage takes the mic and says he has something to say to him. He shows up like some hot shot and sticks his nose in the business week after week. And after all, back and forth and physically he this street fighting the business. He respects Sting and warns to come out here and look him in the eye to the eye and tell him Ricky Starks, he's wrong and he's still the icon. Taz and Starks yell at Cage and he storms off them following after. Uh, we'll keep an eye on Cage and Team Taz, but this is the start of something, I think. We then get video package where Scorpio Sky talks about wanting to be the face of the AEW and get rejected time after time. Hey, won't be stepping stone, hurt people to do it, so be it. And then Angelico versus Ray Phoenix. In gets a super kick, gets a roundhouse kick, and they fall into each other. Test the strength, pop up into a crucifix driver. Phoenix is ready to end it with a Phoenix driver. Uh, Phoenix is awesome, there's no doubt about it. Not since Ray Mysterio, I've been so impressed with a high flyer. Um, Miro's interview backstage says Chuck Taylor is really sweetening the deal by offering to be his butler for life, but he's moved on and he's got better things to do. Kip Saban rails up and says he hasn't moved on because they ruined his wedding. Miro isn't upset. Miro tells him the worst thing for his career is having your wife at ringside, and when the bell rings, he doesn't care about anything except his destiny to win and eventually be world champion. Kip says he wants that too, and Miro says they're still pals outside the ring. It leaves Kip telling the interview to accept the challenge. Um, this looks like. A split is coming. Miro looked great here. And then we see the uh, Dark Order interview somewhere and Brody Jr. tries to accept the challenge, but Ivor Uno stops him. They discuss amongst themselves your answer and quickly decide John could get the shot. Yes, I cannot wait. Uh, And then we get the footage of the pinnacle taken over the Inner Circle's dressing room. And then there's a main event. It's Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Thunder Road unsanctioned lights out. Anything goes, fools count anywhere match. Um, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? And this got a lot of talk in AEW about being the main event and how great it was. But this is what women's wrestling is. And AEW needs to have more than one women's match on the show. And to have more than one main event of Dynamite, you know, can I main event of pay This is the thing. This kind of feud kind of really heated up now because of matches like this. You know, beforehand, we got talking about a great feud, but feuds are only there if they actually mean something and they deliver great matches, and this is what it was. And there was so much going on where it brought to start, so much... Um, in big spots, we see Rosa bleeding after a stomp to the steps. Baker suplexes Rosa into a pile of chairs in the middle of the ring. We see a ladder introduced, and we see it drop kicked into Britt's face. Um, Rosa picks up the ladder and chokes her in the corner, wedging it into place. Uh, again, another drop kick, and then Britt is bleeding from the uh, forehead as well, slowly dragging herself off. She's busted wide open. Like, we've seen a visual of Britt Baker bleeding. It's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, we see an avalanche death driver into the ladder. Fucking hell. Um, we see Baker D.D.T. her onto a chair. Off the ropes. I mean, stomp into a chair, but somehow Thunder Rosa kicks out. It's unbelievable. We see the purple eyeliner, the crimson mask, and then the smirking, and then the bloody bit. Put hands for her a bag of tacks. Uh, she kicks the chairs out of the way to make room and dumps the tacks in the middle of the ring. Forearm to stagger. Rosa, she backs off, hooks her leg, reverse kick. Rebel comes into the crutch, but Thunder cracks her right over the head with it. Um... Powerbomb into the tax, but somehow Baker kicks out. Lockjaw into the tax. Rosa reverses to pin into the tax. Stop the damn match. Uh, most punishment in a match. Brit, I think the award for Johnny Garner award is there at the moment. Brit screaming and agony, wiping blood. SB for the ropes and pulls herself to the feet. Um, we see a basement superkick connect. Thunder rolls to the apron. Baker chokes her. Heads up top, but Rosa cuts off. We get an Emerald Flosion off the apron and through a table. It is over. What a match! Now this is a rivalry. Uh, first women's main event. Both great talents. What a m- way to end the show. Move on to the 24th of March. The show opens with the intro video. Kenny Mega versus Matt Saidel. Justin Roberts makes his money with Kenny's entrance. There's no doubt about that. And Kenny Mega wins by pinfall with a one-winged angels. really nice match. So they should maybe had more success. In his career, we see the Dark Order interview backstage, and John Silver flexes, show how ready he is to fight Darby Allen. They do a bunch of fake coffin drops, show he's learned to evade it, and then Hangman Page chats with him one on one. Silver says he's not nervous, and Page says the Order will love him. No, this is brilliant. And then Hangman Adam Page uh, beats Cesar only with buckshot. Page celebrates with beer on a the stage. They're keeping Page on our minds. This is an okay match, but uh, Benoni's still green. We see Lance have to cut a promo for a broken-down warehouse somewhere. A lot of broken-down warehouses AEW own, I guess. Uh, He gives them credit for making the rest of the years, but this is time now, and if people don't give him his due, he's going to kick the house down around them. Tony Schiavone interviews Britt Baker, the MD, on the stage. She calls the crowd disrespectful and dumb, just like Thunder Road. Be thanking her every day for letting her be a part of history. She says she's never seen more clearly than she did when blood was flowing in her eyes last week. And Tony Khan looking to sign every legend out there when he's got the right legend under his nose. She put AEW on the mat. Uh, She was saying it took Mick Foley 25 years to become a hardcore legend. She did it overnight. This is spite bomb. She is number one in AEW. And those three letters in AEW come second to DM. D. absolutely brilliant and then Christian Cage interview backstage with Dante Martin and Varsity Blondes Christian he's getting advice and Frankie Gazarian rolls up to yell at him for not having time for an old friend for a reason that he's just giving him shit but he also wants to know when the work part of Outwork Everyone starts. Kay says he knows just how good Frankie is. The work starts next week when the two of them have a match. Speaking of Varsity Bonds and Dante Martin, they had a match the next versus the Pinnacle. Cash Reader, Dax Hardwin and Sean Spears. Hardwin hits a brain buster and Martin and the Pinnacle going to quick tags of double teams. The young guys started strong but after a regroup, the Pinnacle took control. And then won by pinfall with a death rally drive onto Dante Martin. Uh, post-match, they attack Pillman, and then Wheeler gets in the mic. He says the pinnacle isn't just a name, it's not just a group, it's a family. And they live and die for these men. That's called Santana Ortiz out, as this is a professional wrestling show. If you need to know where you stand in pro wrestling, you come to AEW and you see the pinnacle. MGF gets in the mic then and says he expects Jericho will be back breaking the walls down by now, but he's breaking his chairs at home. He knows Chris won't come out because he's terrified of them, And he finally takes issue with that. MGF gets in his face and pats his tricks down. Freeman colludes by saying that you're in a pinnacle. You're always on top. We wait for the inner circle return. And Taz, Team Taz cut a primer from somewhere. Uh, Taz says there's no issue between them and Brian Cage. And he apologised for last week. Make sure it was all good between them. Um, QT Marshall was interviewed on the stage. He said everybody thinks he's frustrated. Cody Rhodes talking the value of doing the work. And nobody in AEW besides Tony Khan himself has done more actual work than him. He knows they're throwing him into bones pay for view appearances bunkhouse match but he's stuck being Cody's friend to most people and he's not going to deny he is his friend but he wants to get out of his shadow by having an exhibition match against him next week enter Cody Rhodes arm in the sling he said he feels his angst, uh, but he will accept the challenge. They shake your hands, if we go to break. And then we get the Kid Lucha brothers getting an inset promo where they really, said so they're going to win and come for the tag team titles. It's Brandon Cutler and the Young Bucks versus the Kid and Lucha Bros. And the uh, Raider Kid and Lucha Bros win by pinfall with Spanish fly from Kid on Brandon Cutler. A bit of a surprise the Bucks lost, but that Cutler was there. A pack is injured, but should be back soon to have the title match. Let him and Ray Phoenix won. At the pay per view. Uh, post match Kenny Omega comes out of nowhere and blast Voter Kid with microphone and smashed him with a title. Takes another mic from Don Callis and said he's having vivid flashbacks to Fighter Fest in twenty nineteen and asked what happened three years ago, they all had the choice, a twelve year friendship. He would have liked it to call a family. What did he choose? Did he stay at home with the people that loved him? Did he go to Greener Pastures with New York? Where did he choose? He never chose AEW, chose the young Bucks, the Vision A crate together. He chose them and they never chose him back. Sure Don Callis come off a little abrasive, but he's going to give the Bucks one more chance to throw up the two sweet. They walk, Kenny says they're done. And Lucha Brothers attack, double stomp package pile driver. The Good Brothers come out and help him make it his fee. And he gives a weak thumbs up, bleeding from the mouth. Uh, looks like the Good Brothers are making versus Bucks, but they need a third man. Who can they get that from? We get a Jay Cargill video package premiere where she calls Velvet out. Brandy and Cody Rose get a video package hyping up a new reality show they're doing on TNT. And we go to a break. Back from commercial, we get a recap of Eddie Kingston's legs, pill by Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Eddie gets on the mic and says, Yeah, something's broken, but this isn't New Japan. They're going to pay for this. Where he and John Moxley come from, you take one out and one of yours gets into the morgue. He gets excited and tries to stand, but Moxie gently takes over and says there's a war on the streets of Jacksonville. And well these young bucks, he doesn't know them or like them. He doesn't play a game, but he owes them one after last week. It's not like owing people stuff and he doesn't want to be part of the Bullet Club melodrama. but they're playing with live rounds and they better be willing to get their hands dirty. There is your third man. We get Nyla Rhodes versus Tay Conti. We get Beast Bomber first. Uh, Nyla blocks the pin. Conti gets out. Hamstring kicks, sold butt. Rhodes with knee lift. Farmer's carry. Tay slips out and hits a roundhouse kick. Running knee in the corner. Another one. Hammerlock. Hammerlock. And then the DD Tay. For the victory and Taey's building a lot of momentum and has dark order behind her. She just has that eye open look with quite luck. Not a bad match, they did get lost before the end. And post match neither goes for the beast bomb, but here cruel Shida comes down where Kendo stick and wallops her. She beats Rose, but Buddy comes down and whips Shida and Conte. So we get a match and a story. Maybe they are building the women's division a little bit. Matt Hardy comes down with butchering a blade in tone and says that the women's elite, was a sham, because if Bunny wasn't in, and the talent in the Hardy family the office is not going to be overlooked anymore. We get ready a package, recap of the issues between best friends, Miriam and Kip Sabian. Compute hype up next week's show and we get some yet setting up a match with Matt, Mike Sardell on Dark Elevation. And then... Our main event is for the TNT Championship. Derby Anniversary versus John Silver. Headed up top, Allen knocks him down and hits a coffin drop to the floor to wipe out the dark order. Big and screw when he comes back. Silver with him. Argentine backbreaker, rack, avalanche, Argentine powerbomb, but the cover's too close to the ropes. Drawing into the centre the ring, the meat man calls for it, but Derby reverses a Brody bomb, and with the Yoshi tonic, retains the AEW TNT Championship. I mean, forget about sides. These two young guys put on a hell of a show. AEW wouldn't be wrong to use these two as the backbone of the company. The Allen's a great talent, of course, for the Open Challenge, but John Silver, just so goddamn likeable, and that's so hard to come by with baby faces in wrestling. Uh, post-match, Matt Hardy pops up to attack Allen. in the ringside area, floods with bodies Darby dives on Hardy before heading up the ramp To stand tall with Sting um, I mean, Dynamite had three really good matches And commentary was great, JR might have just sussed it Up next, AEW piggybacking off Mania They've announced their first house show ever For the ninth of April The idea they're going to go live On the uh, 7th of April as well uh, The reason is, is Because uh, WrestleMania is going to be so close To... Um, AEW is thinking people will travel across to the live show to watch a bit of live wrestling. Obviously, SmackDown will be taped. It's not a bad idea. And we've seen AEW. They love mentioning WWE you know, when it comes to, you know, certain things as well, even with the Kenny Omega promo and, and certain things like this. So is that, why not piggyback off the biggest company in professional wrestling? You know, it makes it look at what they do at WrestleMania weekend with all the other uh, little companies as well, you know we move on to our third episode March 31st the show opens into the intro video and we get Christian Cage versus Frankie Kazarian I'm interested to see how Christian performs of course Frankie is a safe pair of hands um, Frankie manages to kick out of a frog splash again Christian going for the kill Cody sidesteps. he goes for a crossroads as well but decides against it and a figure four basically playing with QT the QT takes his time getting back inside and cheap shot referee Arn Anderson right in the neck I guess the match goes to a non-contest Bosh goes to the stage in shock and frustration with the rest of the nightmare family check on Anderson a bunch of them saw assort- Including Nick Comorato and Antio Gogo turn on Cody and Dustin and Billy Gunn beating them down. Comorato clutches Lee Johnson and powerbombs him over the ropes and to the stage. Suffolk spikes arm over the barricade. and Nick hosts a bleeding Dustin Rhodes on the stage where the stairs be set up. He streaks Solo's shirt with blood and pile drives Dustin on the stairs. The vats smash Cody's face with a chair and step with red velvet runs down to make the serif. QT and his boys leave. The damage done, and we go to a break. I tell you what, Cody's friends hate him. I mean, Dustin, he, of course, his brother had a match with MJF, QT. I mean, this feels like we work for Cody's next big feud. And actually, like a go go, of course, in boxing, but I think it's way too soon to be on the main roster. Uh, we get a promo from Scorpio Sky and all the got even Page, into Cup, where they both speak about being tired of not getting the opportunities they deserve. And it's feel they're teaming up on Dark Next Week, of course, because we need more tag teams in AEW. Um, we get a recap of what we saw before the break. Red Velvet is interviewed backstage, so she's going to have Cody's back when Jade attacks out of nowhere and beats her down. We get a John Moxley. Primary talks about the things he's been pissed off in professional life lately. He puts Cesar Bononi as a guy he can make money with, but only if he doesn't kill him tonight. And somebody gets dropped on the head and choked unconscious again. Cesar Bononi versus John Moxley, but only clubs with a pump handle. Mox versus sleep. A still shot of Nemeth getting kicked makes him look like uh, you see uh, Ziggler's brother at ringside get booted in the face by Mox. We see Team Taz send a promo where Taz says everything is fine. And Ricky Stark said he had a great time last night in dark. He wants to see what Brian Cage thinks. Cage criticises him. place plays Peacemaker and everybody gets sitting back down. MJF backstage with a pinnacle and he gets a gift from a new personal stylist. But that's not all. He's also got an interior decorator and finally get rid of that stench coming from the bathroom. He opens the bathroom door, and the inner circle is inside. MJF tries to run, but he opens up the main door. Jake Hager is there, right to knock spikes in with a broken piece of chair. Chris Jericho fights Freeman into the bathroom and gives him a swirly. He promises him the worst yet to come, especially in face first into the glass door of the refrigerator. The inner circle drag MJF out of the room and reclaim their locker room. Tantana looked like a madman. Uh, This was backstage redemption leading to blood and guts. This was good stuff. And we see the Young Bucks interview backstage. and Of course, they say they don't want to air their dirty laundry every week. And Don Callis fell up to try and talk to them. Nick Jackson muscles past him, but he asks Matt to hear him out. He says, Jackson broke Kenny's heart last week. And asks him what's wrong with him. Matt simply fumes. Callis gets frustrated and slaps him by the lapels for a lit. And going taking a few deep breaths. Don asks anything inside him and calls him a pathetic as he turns to leave to send us to the break. And then we move on to our next match. Good Brothers, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anson, and Kenny Omega versus the Radio Kid, Lucha Bros, Penta El Zelo, and Ray Phoenix. The Good Brothers and Kenny Omega win by pinfall with a one and agent from Omega on the Radio Kid. Uh, they do love the Lucha Libra. Uh, not in the AEW, but I think it is a kind of beautiful thing, especially these trio matches. This was sort of a crazy match, uh, I guess. Uh, Penta is face again, but who cares with matches like this? You know, it's just entertaining. Moxie comes to ringside, followed shortly after by the Young Bucks. They rush the ring, but Kenny and the Good Brothers turn tail and run. And then back from commercial Rebel Interviews, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD backstage. Britt hypes up Dark Elevation and continues their feud with Thunder Rose in doing show. Matt Hardy gets in this at primary claims Ty Conte would pay for the Dark All the Sins. And then we get Bunny and Isla Rose versus Kira Shida and Tay Conte. We're getting all that brought to start. Uh Irakuz takes Rose to the floor. crush, and takes Conti diving onto her and turns to take the dark Horn and butchering a blade out together. Bunny gets a kendo stick. Referee Orbeid is distracted by Vicky Guerrero. She hits Conte and Bunny and Isla Rose win by pinfall with down the rabbit hole from Bunny on Tay Conti. I like Tay and JR says she, the reign of 312 days, was a lifetime in wrestling. Okay, so Deanna Proctor a 145 days up until Hardcore Justice. Sasha Banks was 161 days till Mania, which is fair enough. Oscar was 230 days from Mania. should days up until Takeover. And Katie Ray, 580 plus days, or now 600 days as NXT UK Women's Champion. Yeah, you're right, JR. Yeah, they don't have long title reigns in the Women's Division, do they? Uh, we see. Jurassic Express primarily where they call Bear Country out for frame marker. Stunt around and promises to show him who's on top of the food chain. Stunt reveals he's got a King Kong tattoo and Luke sort of stomps off. Miro and Kip Sabian make a send us to the break. And the main event of the show is best friends, Chuck Taylor and Cassie Cassidy versus Kip Sabian Miro. Arcade anarchy match. I was expecting arcade games around the ring, but um, we had a, a few of them here and there. But maybe wasn't what I was expecting. Uh, we see the kind of normal stuff like the, the whack-a-mole machine, where they were hitting each other with that. Uh, Taylor diving off the Mortal Kombat machine with a double axe handle. Uh, we see... <laughs> Lego dumped all over the ring. Powerbomb puts Chuck into the Lego, but Cassidy manages to break it up. Penelope Ford pulls the ref out the ring. Um, but Chris Statlander is back. Uh, we see her return. Chris hits a cross-legged Mitchell. Lego drive off the apron through an air hockey table. Mirror goes crazy and dominates the faces. Picks up a table as the best friends crawl up the ramp, the parking lot. A crowd drives up. A crowd drives up. It's Trent's mum. Sue is here, and so is Trent. Sue the baby boy, and he goes to help his power manager manage to fight them off and goes to threaten Trent's mum in a car, but he cuts him off and beats the Bulgarian brute down. Chuck Taylor, power's on save through the stage, and it's over. Best friends win by pinfall. post match, we get a snap-zoom hug. Best friends are back, baby. Chris Statlander slides into the ring. We get another snap-zoom hug. Sue honks the horn and throws a thumbs up out the window. I think best friends have the best hardcore tag matches in um, AEW. This was a really good episode of Dynamite with a great main event. All right, move on to our next episode, the 7th of April. The show is with footage from earlier today Chris Jericho in a circle rolling up on Dynamite. Max Case as he want, uh, wraps a few bars running down Hangman Adam Page during his entrance. And our match is Hangman Adam Page versus Max Caster looking for a buckshot bowing blocks. That's the back of the apron. And Adam Page wins by pinfall. With a buck shot lariat. A post match, Page has a page wiser or two on his way out. Uh, page is just the start. It's an enjoyable match. Max showed a bit of an experience. Uh, and a back in the day, a change to the face was a finisher, my dear. Uh, Tony Chifani interviews all three members of the Di- Death Triangle in the ring. Oh, well, he begins with best friends, uh, but then best friends, include Chris Statlander, interrupt. Orange Cassidy says, It's nice to see the three of them in the ring, and he brings up Death Triangle's issues with them before, and at the beginning of Get Cassidy versus PAX match at Revolution last year. And that had to give a little heads up. The boys are back in town, and they got an alien with them too. Um... The Inner Circle make their entrance. Chris Jericho gets to the mic and says there's a lot to say. After the break, he says that the Inner Circle and their back baby, it's only one short month ago, they got the beat down of a lifetime from the Pineapple. Somebody then corrects him; it's a pinnacle. He says MJF outsmarted him, but the thing is, they've never been better. And Jerk says he knows what. Teddy Blanchett, and the third string, member of the Four Horsemen, ranking somewhere between Ollie Anderson and Paul Roma. FTR, one of the greatest tag teams today, but they're completely interchangeable. Dax and Cash, Axe and Smash, Axe and the Slash. Sean Spears, supposed to have a great outside, but all he's ever done is call Jerk, asking for a life. Advice, Wardlow, 13-cent brain and a $13 body and has to strip naked. Count to 21. Inner Circle, on a pinnacle good. They know they're going to get the crap beaten out of them, but they love to fight and they're going to make a human centipede with MGF at the back. You want blood and violence? You're not playing grab-ass anymore. It's a pinnacle versus the Inner Circle in the blood and guts match. Thoughts, Jericho's best promo in AEW and for some time. This was fantastic. Back from official Christian Cage, interviewed, interview he says last week was culmination. the culmination. a whole year of scratching the claw and take back what he's taken him from seven years ago. everyone took him out to the deep water and pushed him back under, but he loved every single second. He's not like everybody else, and when you step into the ring with him, you have to bring it up a notch. And everybody in AEW... But then Taz rolls up. He says he and Christian have for a long time and seven years is a long time. Team Taz can help him get back where he belongs. He offers Christian a spot. Cage says he has to think about it. Why did Taz love cages? Never understood. We get a Godzilla vs Kong theme video package for Bear Country vs Jurassic Express leading to the match. The match breaks down. Bronson is isolated Juice Laws the with the chokeslam and Jurassic Express win by pinfall. With a standing moonsault from Luchasaurus on Bear Bronson. Uh, lucky the film is good. This is an okay match. Couple of botches here. Bear Country not like there yet. Um, QT Marshall cuts a promo from Nightmare Factory. He said he's done all the work for Cody and the Rose did, was try and leave him in the water. Cody plays second fiddle to Ted DiBiasti Jr. and put face paint on because he knew he couldn't live up to his dad. But he cracked the code He's found himself with vanilla indie midgets. But Marshall's found himself with killers. Yay! Another faction. Uh, and then Sting on stage with Tony Schiavone. It's Sting! Uh, before you can say anything, Jake the Snake Roberts comes out and tells Tony to shut this hole and asks where his little gerbil friend is at. We see all ego Scorpion sky in the rafters. Jake talks about the definition of sanity, but Lance Archer makes his way down. and Mike complain about the agenda in AEW. Sting reads his main event player and blames Jake. Uh, Team Taz are hanging out backstage. and Ricky was here for Brian Cage, but Taz isn't having it and him him instigating. They all have to get on the same page. They have an offer... On Christian Cage and Stark says he understands. And then the TNT Championship night Derby Allen versus J.D. Drake. Uh, back up top training, palm strikes. Darby bites J.D.'s hand and hits the avalanche. Yosh up top and win by pinfall with the coffin drop. This is okay, but more of a dark match. Post-match, butchering a blade blindside. Allen on the stage and the rest of the Hardy family office joins him to continue to work him over. Bunny tells of the competition team, stinging the dark order, comes to the stage, driven the odds and Ty Conte, starts beating the bunny down, as referee swarm, and pull him apart. We get video really Package up and the main event up, to send us to the break. Back from us, Chris Jericho, he didn't be backstage, but he gets blindsided, by the pinnacle, before he can answer. They drag him on the stage, and throw him into the ring. Spike Power driver, the camera goes backstage, to the inner circle's dressing room, where they literally, have to break the door down, to escape, after the pinnacle lock them in. He set a table up to the floor but he can get act on the intentions. Mike Tyson makes his entrance. I might like spears up with body blows and takes it down for even more punches and the inner circle finally make the save. They run the pinnacle off and stand tall. Tyson and Jericho embrace. Okay, Tyson and Jericho get on somehow now. Tell Tyson how to tear a t-shirt as well because it really is pissing me off. And then Toge finally tells uh, Britt Baker, DMD Rebel, somewhere in the Bowser arena, Britt makes a case for a title shot based not on wins and losses but on t-shirt sales and overall impact. And then Bunny versus Tay Conte. Bunny with a candlestick shot to get Rashida on the floor to create a distraction. She blasts Conte with it, but Rashida takes it back and Tay recovers. Suplex roll through, hammerlock into the DD Tay. Tay Conte gets the win. This was good. I like both of them, but they need development. And then the country calls hype out next week's show. And then our main event is the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows, Carl Anson and Kenny Omega versus John Moxley and the Young Bucks. We get more bang for your buck. Anson breaks it up. Bucks again have a momentary crisis, figuring out a BTE trigger, Moxley gives them a pep talk, they resolve, but again they hesitate, John comes in, under underhooks, powergram shift, he draws Omega up for a second before grabbing a sleep hold, he lets go of it, goes for another powergram shift, but the Bucks super click Moxley, and then Omega pings Moxley when his body is dragged over, Eddie King's tries to make the save, but the Good Brothers hit the magic killer. The young Bucks stand, conflicting in the ring, while Callis and the Good Brothers help Kenny up. They draw Moxie up, and Don whispers sank in Matt's ear. Super kick party on Mox, and Compton talks about the Bullet Club being back together, while the Bucks turn down a two-sweet and offer a group hug instead. And a lot of AEW fans think long-term storytelling. Here you go, there you go. Moxie gets turned on again, and we have yet another faction with the Good Brothers, the Bucks, ...and Kenny Omega, I mean like I said, if, if it's gang warfare you're after, is definitely your place, uh, 10th of April we had the, the House Show, which we're not going to follow because it was a House Show, even though they had video and everything like that, so kind of didn't really make sense, and then the 14th of April, April we've got Dynamite, the penultimate episode, the show opens with the Young Bucks cutting the promo about how they chose friendship, Don Callis was right when he said they changed, that they weren't hungry anymore. We get an intro video follows. And then we see Mike Tyson cut the primer backstage. And MJF interrupts him early on. He says his boys in the Pinnacle are peeved at him. Tyson said he's mad at them too. And MJF tries to sell him on attacking Chris Jericho tonight. But Mike reminds, remains steadfast and tells him he's the enemy. Freeman asks him to be on the right side of history and whips out a blank chap with his name on it, telling him to think about it. I right, Mike snatches it out of his hands and tears it up. Compsy hypes up tonight's show and our first match is Death Triangle Pack and Ray Phoenix versus Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The match breaks down into everybody do something cool territory. Nick with a rebound, flip pile driver on Phoenix. Tag back to the bastard, perching. Black Arrow Phoenix holds Nick back, but he spills into the pin and breaks it up. Jackson pulls his brother into the corner, and makes a tag running traction. low blow, Nick tears, Phoenix mask off. Super kick party, it's over. Young Bucks win by pinfall. And this was a great match. But the ref should be there just to make the counts. It's a clever ending with the mask going. But the referee, come on now. Just say the referee is there just to count the falls. You know, let things happen. Um, Meltzer rated this as five stars. uh, And said it was one of the best matches, uh, tag matches that he's seen. And my problem with this is that he only rated the wrestle four and a half stars. Now, the whole point of it is the setting and when he gave seven stars to Omega versus Okada the whole point was that as a, a year long storyline or a couple of years storyline into it into the biggest main event of the year now the thing with Wrestlemania it was the biggest show at WWE every year it was the biggest main event that they have and the difference is is it with this one as well both great matches but you knew the Bucks were going to win you knew Phoenix and Pack weren't going to retain I dare you to tell me that you knew before that out of Wrestlemania either Edge Daniel Bryan or Roman Reigns were going to win that match. It, it, it weren't going to, you know, it, that's what I'm saying. And that's why it delivered so much. So I would say if I was going to rate it myself, this would be four and a half. The event match would be five stars, but still a great match. He does it for a reaction, and he got one. We get the Dark Order and a Hangman Adam Page. we be backstage. Pace says going to be four to six weeks for John Silver's shoulder. And Alex Fellows to cover Silver to do some rehab. And to uh, the applause of the rest of the Dark Order lads, we go to the break. In the circle, Mike Tyson, if you backstage, Chris Jericho says he's got Tyson because he stayed relevant for 30 years and he can relate. I might say he's going to call it down the middle and wish Chris luck. We get Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. Velvet lights Cargill with punches early, fall away, slam into the crowd. Jade happy to take the count out, count on her abs. Velvet back up in the apron. Uh, Cargill brings in with a delayed ship drop, Brain Buster. That sends us to the break. And when we get back, we get a standard moonsault up. Cargill overwhelms her, double chicken wing. And uh, Jade Cargill wins by the Jaded. I like both women, the way Jade is produced just seems so NXT. It's nice AEW slowly learning how to do it. Uh, she should be watching. And then we get Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is interviewed backstage. She talks about how likely she's going to be number two contender after Red Velvet's lost. She's going to wrestle on Dark Elevation on Monday to try and move her way up to number one. She will take the title. And then we get Anthony Ogogo versus Cole Carter. Collar and elbow against the corner. Dirty break with an overhand chop. Waist lock, standard switch. Carter with hip toss but Anthony wipes him out with a body blow and referee Paul Turner calls it. Uh, Anthony Ogogo wins by a referee stoppage. Some liked the punch, some didn't. I thought it was good. Ogogo is a big name. He had a massive eye injury but he is green as kryptonite. And back from us, we get a Miro video package where he says he's been looking for Kip Saving, but now he's moving on without him to feel his destiny of being champion. Awesome. And then Chris Jericho versus Dax Harwood. Well, we get a wall because Jericho locked in. Sammy Guevara and Cash Wheeler get into it on the floor. Uh, Dax stucks the Judas effect, brainbuster connects, but Jericho manages to get the shoulder up. He hits a code breaker, but it's slow to capitalize. M. and the pinnacle come to the stage, but the inner circle right behind him and a brawl breaks out. Wheeler takes advantage and lays Guevara out. He gets up on the aid, but Mike Tyson pulls him down and knocks him out. Dax looking for a powerbomb. Jericho counters with distraction of Guevara, and then we see the Judas effect. Chris Jericho gets the ring. I think Dax is a fantastic worker. And this was a fun match setting up for blood and guts. And uh, what a knockout that was by Tyson as well. Jerker gets on the mic. He wants to make it official right here, right now. Uh, Mike Tyson is an ancillary member of the Inner Circle. We then see Omega, the Good Brothers and the Bucks and Callis all interviewed on the way out of the building. Callis, Mike away and says "It's wrestling world well has learned one thing about him is that when you think you've seen it all, you haven't seen anything because when the young Bucks come back to the fold, it wasn't the end of the story. But just at the beginning, Kenny says, listen to the interwebs, the podcast. They ask why they changed, but it never changed. They just got sick of wanting us to be just like us. Don gets back on the mic and says, you're prepared to be surprised again, he lays the camera up at her out with a super kick. Why do they not mention Impact? This is saying that it's kind of annoying me at the moment. Of course, we know Kenny Omega's been on Impact for the AEW. The thing is, is that Tony Carr's come out this week and says, the reason why we're not promoting them on Dynamite is the fact that we promote AEW on Impact. That makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it, you know? Well done. So who will care uh, when Kenny Omega beats Rich Swann, you know? And this is just, again, for me, it feels very much like, you know, a WWE Cw when uh, Taz Champion got beat by Triple H on SmackDown just because they could. And the amount of shit that Vince McMahon got for it, and yet Tony Khan smelling like fucking roses, especially after the main event, the last paper as well. But again, like I said, with AEW at this moment in time, uh, they can do no wrong. We get a Thunder Rosa hype reel. She says going for both the A W and NWA women's titles. See, they can mention two companies. Uh, Amber Nova versus Chris, Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander wins by a pinfall with Rule Barrow Tombstone Pole Driver. This is a uh, first match in starts. complaints about waiting for Christian K's decision. Taz admits that he's annoying, but it's best for him to stay backstage so they can lock Cage down. Ricky's a little too hot-headed. Brian Cage agrees and tells Taz he needs to stay backstage too, but promises that he, Hook and Will Hobbs will take care of business. Uh, Back from commercial, Christian is in the ring with Tony Schvone. He said it's the first time he's got to be interviewed by Tony. It's a huge thrill. He's out in his gear and Tony Khan's given an open contract and he's going to use it. Enter team Taz. Uh, Taz demands to know if he's in or out. The answer is no. Taz calls him a shit bag and says if he stands on his wallet, it would be 10 feet over his head. He said this is the biggest mistake of his career. We never liked him or his stupid buddy that carried him. Will Hobbs hits the ring and beats Christian down, taking him to the floor and throwing him into the barricade. Military press drop. He Takes Cage to the step, but smashes his face into them. Well done, Cage. That's what happens when you don't accept Team Taz. Then, and then we get a video Paco in uh, Sheeda's defence of the AW World well. Champ. Darby Allen vs Matt Hardy for the AW TNT Championship Falls Count Anywhere match. Well, baseball bat in hand derby goes after Hardy, but he hits him in the tallywacker. Twist of fate with a chair. Darby Allen will not stay down. Matt throws him into some staging table and climbs the ladder. Diving leg drop through the table, but Allen managed to kick out. Darby goes and gets the bat and returns to the stage. And whacks him across the back. He hits him a few more times. Full force. And destroys the monitor at commentary before choking Matt with a bat. Darby climbs the scaffolding. And the coffin drop through the announce table. It's over. He must have been at least 25 feet in the air. Darby holds the title high. This was a great dynamite. Allen becoming the main event. Is comfortable now. And the ratings. Well, this was the first dynamite unopposed by NXT. And it drew 1.2 Million viewers uh, up from uh, 688,000 last week, double nearly that. Record for viewers 1.16 on September 9th, 2020. And now, our last episode of AEW Dynamite, the 21st of April. The show opens with the intro video. Compton hypes up tonight's show to welcome us. Ricky starts, gets an inset primero where he talks about he's going to win tonight, proved why he's called Salute. And uh, he's going to start off with Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Page wins by submission with a leg trap, uh, Saki Otoshi. Uh, Starks almost broke his neck on a German suplex, uh, and as he do an OK match, though, Taz calls Hangman out from commentary table. He tells him he got lucky and needs to watch his back, really watch his back. Hook with a chop block from behind, put boots to Hangman. He starts fighting and but they overwhelm him. And Brian Cage comes down to the ring, ready for the powerbomb. But the dark order make the save. He goes to that, but when we're back, we get footage of the elite arriving at the arena today. Alex Abrahantes and Penta El Zelo get an inset promo where they inform best friends they never should have reignited their war with Death Triangle. And if Orange Cashier gets in the way, he's going to bleed orange juice. And up next, Penta El Zelo versus Trent. Uh, we see a nice destroyer by Penta. Uh, and then Trent and Penta were a botched pile driver on the a- apron. Company called it, but the crowd still chanted awesome. Again, can do no wrong. Uh, Alex has gone full hill now will have mentioned, Trent's mum with a mention of Trent's mum. Penta with a superkits throw C. And Mike shot to Trent and then wins with the package power driver. It's an okay match, let down in places. And then Jay only views the pinnacle in a nice conference room somewhere. It says Chris Jericho got one thing right. It's time for a new scarf. And Tully had got me a gift. Wardle I unfurls the scarf and Max takes it for him. Wardlow speaks and says it's almost a perfect primer that Jericho cut, but he stumbled his words a little when he got to him because the minute Wardlow came out of his mouth, he knew he was doing something wrong. MJF put Chris Jericho as a GOAT, the industry leader for years, and said he stands in front of B's, so he looks like an A and wrestles A's, so he doesn't look like B's, and it's smart. Jericho's been outsmarting guys for 30 years, but he can't outsmart Max, Pitt. he's not that great for 25. He's great, period. When Jericho was 25, he was jerking the curtain on Worldwide, but he's a top guy. Now, how he instead of sending the stooge Mike Tyson out, bringing in a circle against the pinnacle and beat him. If Jericho one thing right, the Primates that MGF is a mark, but not a mark for him, a mark for his spot and that blood and guts is going to take it, because when you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. It was good to hear Wardlow talking this. He did good. Fire low by MJF. Spears does fuck all in this. I mean, just nods. Um Back from commercial, we get video package hype in our upcoming title match. It's Hikira Shida versus Tay Conte. Uh, Shida puts him in the corner, climbs to a jockeying for position, which is shot into the turnbuckles. That looked wicked. Uh, Tay keeps the wits uh, Take connects. Not enough, though. Sheila hits a beach break. Ty Conte will not stay down. Both women running low. Conte fires with a forearm. Sheila blocks the kick. Big right hand. Farmer's carry into a break, break, breaker, And then the rolling knee to retain the AEW Women's Championship. These women's really nice prime video to start as well. Um, shame it's not the main event, but it's on Dynamite, so that's still good. A really good match between the two. Post-match, Britt Baker, DMD comes to the stage. Clearly calling a shot for next title match. Yes, it's finally happened. She is number one now in the ratings. Romo calling Kip Sabri out saying he needs his vindication. He doesn't care who you are. If you have a title, you have a problem. AEW could put through all the hoops and aversions the they like, but he's not being kept from gold. His only question is what title to go after first. Yes, this is happening. And then Tony funny in the ring, Twitter, View in the Inner Circle, Chris Jerker gets on the mic and talks about the violence and brutality of Blood and Guts and promises a trail of blood and tears that goes to the front door of the pineapple, uh, the pinnacle. And that trail starts with Mike Tyson not Cash with his teeth down his throat. Jake Hagan throws some straws around as a gift for the pinnacle so they can suck their meat later. Santana calls FTR out for ducking them and Santana until they had a crew and that's a bitch move. Jake has a show tune that he wrote about his jerk-off friend Max. And he sings for us, claiming that he's never washed his ass with a new scarf. Tony Blutch gave them Jeff last week. Um... Next week, face-to-face, the inner circle of the pinnacle will have an old-fashioned parlay. But he's not going to wait till next week. Spools battle plan. He's going to beat Living MG Blood and Guts. They flip the bird if we go to a break. Um, They couldn't strike lightning twice here. They should have just left it with what it was. I mean, that was fine enough, but this was okay. I would rather have like a proud and powerful match or like a, a six-man tag or something like this. But they are really selling the Blood and Guts match. And back for commercial, QT Marshall and the boys getting in promo. Anthony Gogo said he's uh, here in this dump of a country for big money and QT said he's gonna teach Billy Gunn how little being law to the Royals is worth. Uh we get Billy Gun versus QT Marshall, Nightmare Family and Factory Fought Ringside, back and forth, no famous so and no diamond cutter. Actually the stage Gogo comes down with a big right hand and QT Marshall wins by a pinfall. Post match, a gogo slides a wooden chair into the ring. QT holds it up, but Dustin Rose makes the save with ball, ball rope in hand. Punches, whip reverse, big lariat. Marshall runs off, go gets up the open, but Nick Camarato comes from behind. Rose smashes the chair over his head. Nick shrugs it off. Referees come down to calm things. Right. This was more about an angle than a match, which wasn't very good. Billy looked old. QT is quite bland. Uh, it's good old and The Brits hate the USA. Go back to where you come from, really. And the old not selling a chair shot. Uh this was lame, I really don't care for this story. Uh back from show, we go to the Elite's tour bus with them. Don Callis puts them over as an incredible assortment of talent. Matt Jackson puts them over as a spark for the AEW Revolution. Nick pointing out that it's not all Moxie Kingston wrestling and telling them to come to find them. They hear straight about it. Doc Gallows looks out the window and it's Moxie and Kingston in a big truck and they ram the Elite's trailer. Austin would be proud. Eddie Kingston gets out and asks if Mox has a pipe, and he does. They circle and smash the windows to get the trailer to confront them, but they ran. They talk trash, asking when they went and calling them cows and bitches. So don't promote Impact or World Title Match, about throwaway comment about them and then this shenanigans. Good stuff. And then Christian Cage versus Powerhouse Will Hobbs. Christian Cage wins by pinfall with a quill switch. It's too soon to get a good match from the Green Hobbs. And then Comptry Hypes next week's show. We get Jay Cargill hype real with various parties talk about wanting to recruit her. She doesn't need a manager, and anybody that wants her in a stable will have to pay as we go to a break. And our main event, Darby Allen's main event, three dynamites out of the six that we've watched, of course, against. Um, John Silver, Matt Hardy, and now against Jungle Boy for the TNT title. The snare trap is on, and Darby has nowhere to go, but he posts up on his feet and crawls to the ropes for a break. Perry pulls him back in, shifts gears into Romero special rolling around. Darby has to rake the eyes to force a break. Whip the verse, Sunset Flip, Allen picks the legs. Last supper, and it's over. Darby Allen retains the TNT titles. Both men risk their bodies here. All, you know, this is the thing. They put their bodies online, and it was a great show from both men. Um, but for some reason all matches kind of felt the same tonight they kind of went out of sight for a little bit and then came back in I don't know who was the road agents maybe laying out the matches but then Sky and All Ego from Paige hit the ring to beat both guys down Page hits the eagle's edge on Derby Sky picks up a leg and grabs a heel hook but last Archer hits the ring and tries to take him out only to get low blowed and beaten down Sting is back and he's got the bat and he and Archer run off the hills uh, to end the show so instead of the women we've got this and it ended with an okay episode but it's been extremely apparent that both NXT and AEW Dynamite are better off not competing with one another. This is firmly exemplified by the uh, ratings again, which garnered a one point one four, but it's down from last week's numbers. We'll see if Dynamite can still deliver. Overall, it's still a good show. It's more positive than negative, even though AEW fans don't see negatives. And that, of course, I'm an AEW fan who buys the merch and the pay views as well. So it makes me as much as anybody else. And you can have a difference of opinion. That's what makes it great. What will be interesting to see now is the fallout from this and what they do. If they even mention Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan after Omega's match at um, Rebellion as well. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, we're hoping to have the Ultimate One with us to review, uh, like we said, this weekend, Rebellion pay-per-view and bring it to you Wednesday. And then, of course, the following week is the anniversary show where we've got something really special planned there. But that is it for now. Before we go, don't forget our follow the week is... G Press Online. now as our follow the week. Don't forget across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR. Also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at, at gmail.com and YouTube. The podcast where with all the latest clips and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube as you do SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify and iTunes. Break it down, subscribe, rate and review. There. So that is it. Like I said, hopefully next episode on the one is back for Impact Rebellion. Then after that the anniversary. But until then I've been James Rollins. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.